Well, I have to say, I wrote a really good homily for this morning. Wrote it on my phone, and then I forgot my phone. So what you're going to get is whatever I remember of writing it. So um, the first reading today, it just it, it screams to me of the, the other prophecy of Isaiah. Because um, he's talking about, uh, sorry, prophet Ezekiel is what I'm thinking of. Uh, he's talking about the spirit and the breath. And, and it says, who gives breath to his people and the spirit to those who walk in it. And it made me think of Ezekiel 37, where he talks about um, the, the, the dry bones. And he says, prophesy over these dry bones. And so Ezekiel does, and they come together, and, and uh, tendons are formed over the bones, and then muscle, and then skin, but they're still dead. And then he says, prophesy breath into them. And so he does, and he calls on the four winds, and breath is given to these corpses and they come alive at that point and so it really just made me think of that when he he talks about who gives breath to his people and the spirit to those who walk in it um, noting that the end of the reading made me think of someone dead in the tomb it says to open the eyes of the blind to bring out prisoners from confinement and from the dungeon those who live in darkness when you're in, in the tomb you're you can't see you're confined and you live in darkness, in the shadow of death. Um, and so just to hear the Lord speaking about giving breath and spirit to those who are dead, and to know the prophecy of Ezekiel, and to, to hear it, to see it. Um, I mean, I, I've read this reading before, but never has it talked this much to me about um, just the, the breath of God and the, the innervating force of life that he breathes into his people. Um, when we are dead, both figuratively and, and spiritually. And so to speak about one brought back from the dead, uh, you'd imagine that next I would talk about Lazarus, but I don't care about Lazarus. I care about Mary Magdalene. She's my favorite. So we're going to talk about her. Any chance I get to fawn all over her, I do. Uh, and so we talk today about Mary, who was living a life of, of pleasure and party, um, before she meets Jesus, and she's living, but she's like a corpse walking around. She is dead inside and, and does not have life within her. And then she meets Jesus, and she has a life-altering, beautiful conversion. And that's when we read about her washing his feet with her tears and drying them with her hair. This happened during her initial conversion uh, and, and was a powerful symbol of, of just the conversion of heart that actually took place. And so then again, we see her doing a similar action now, not because she's had a deep or a different conversion in this moment, but because that conversion that happened before is now just deepened and, and is being lived out. And so she anoints his feet this time with oil, very costly oil, and again dries them with her hair um, in a way that he, you know, when a body... When someone died, they would anoint them with oil and good-smelling stuff. Uh, but she is doing this before he dies. She is doing this because he will not be anointed, because uh, in death he is raised before they can even get to his body after the Sabbath and anoint him. So this is the burial anointing, as it were. Um, but also, Mary, Mary Magdalene, uh, my favorite title for her, well, let's go from descending order. My second favorite title from her is 
disciple to the disciple or apostle to the apostles. My favorite title for her is prophetess of Eucharistic love. So she's considered a prophetess. And I've got to imagine that in this action that she's doing, she knows more than she lets on. She knows more than the disciples even. Um, she understands maybe not the full extent of what is about to happen, but she has some better idea. And so she's anointing him, uh, not only pre-burial, because that's what you will do, but, uh, or with, a, with a, someone who dies, but we also know that in any time, you know, someone who's a prophet or a king or a priest, they get anointed. Moses anoints Aaron. David uh, is anointed by Samuel. That was priest and prophet. Who else? Someone look. No. Yeah, David is anointed by Samuel. That's king. I don't know. But there's, you know, they, they get anointed priest, prophet, and king in the Old Testament. And here Jesus is the ultimate priest, the greatest king, and the prophet of prophets. And he is being anointed by Mary Magdalene. Um, and so it, it happens that we read this uh, as we're about to go into the Triduum. We're in Holy Week and we know what's coming. Um, Jesus knew what was coming. And I got to imagine, I was thinking about the human side of Jesus this morning. And just like, when I know something that I don't want to do is coming up, I'm a little antsy uh, a couple days before. I imagine by the time the... the um, Last Supper came along, he had resigned everything. And it was like, okay, well, maybe not, because then he goes to the garden afterward. But I imagine still the first few days of that week, he was kind of a little wired. And so this, this act of love um, by Mary probably did a lot to just soothe the human side of him that, um, you know, if he's 100% human, he's prone, I don't want to say prone to worry, because that makes him sound like he's less than perfect, but... I know I would be worried. The point is, is that this genuine act of love um, done by Mary is, is something that brings comfort, and I'm sure he remembered during his passion. So as we walk towards Calvary, as we continue to uh, prepare for the Triduum, like Mary, let us stay close to the Lord and do simple acts of love uh, this week so that we can just better appreciate that ultimate act of love that he gives to us.